I'm delighted about Make a Difference. This is our opportunity to see lives transform, to give sacrificially into our projects. And uh, I'm feeling really good about this. Isn't it great to have Patel in the house, everyone? I love it. For those who come to the Encounter Nights once a month, every month we hear stories of lives that have been transformed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And it's seeing people literally going around. I don't want to tell their stories because they tell their stories. But I've heard stories of people on heroin and eating from out of dustbins and then coming to a full relationship with Jesus Christ, taking responsibility for themselves. And I love it. We're going to hear some great stories over here. I want to give a big shout out to the wonderful kids pastor, Rachel Palmer. You know we've got a champion here. Thursday night, October the 31st, we put up a marquee, we had some disco lights, we had a bouncy castle, and we gave away around about 200 sweets and toffee apples out to the community. Isn't it good that we're called to be a light in the darkness? We can't just hide away. We've got to be proactive. We've got to be on the front foot. I thought I'd have more amens about that. We've got to be proactive. We've got to be on the front foot, saying that Jesus is the hope of this nation. The local church is the hope of the world. Do you believe it, everybody? So we are all going to give sacrificially. And I'm praying for a miracle offering in the house. Because it's about our heart. It's about our heart of generosity. saying we are part of something bigger. Big congratulations to Mally Edwards in the house. Congratulations for South Africa winning the rugby yesterday. I am choosing to be generous with my praise. I am delighted for that South African nation. They probably needed it more than us. <laughs> But I tell you what, what a great testimony of the captain. Who's, give me a little wave, rugby fans. Have you heard the testimony of the captain? What a humble guy. God is doing some phenomenal work in their life. Bringing, they've, they've recognized it. It's more than rugby, actually. It's bringing together a nation. And uh, I never like losing, but I'm delighted for the testimony of the South African uh, rugby team. I can't get a clap off Mal Jenkinson out there. He's, he's not feeling my general. But hey, when you give generous heart, when you're big, generous, with your words, with your life, with your time, treasure, and talents, I believe miracles take place. I love the words in the Bible from Acts 1, verses 8. It says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Let's make it a bit more local. In Highcombe, in Birchwood, in Moreland, Carlton Lemoreland, can find me out some more, help me people. Witham St. Hughes, Bracebridge Heath, Hainton, Basingham, Bram Road, Branston, <laughs> and in all Judea National. Who's got a heart for some other cities? Come on, throw me some cities. Newcastle, yeah. What about Durham's, Cambridge, wherever it is. Anyway, this is what it is. And, uh, uh, and in all Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the world. Our vision is knowing, growing, going. We do this Make a Difference offering. For those who weren't here last week, we introduced it. It's about our annual offering. But it's more than that. It's about making a difference in people's lives. Locally, we heard from great projects. We hear a few more from Stacey. We have about 12 projects that... Um, engage with people every week. Nationally, Battelle is our number one main partner. We love you guys at Battelle. And then internationally, we are working into Ethiopia at the moment. Some of you were heard, uh, saw the uh, video that we played last week. If you weren't here last week, check it out on our um, on the internet. There's a great uh, 
great kind of DVD at the end there. So our vision, knowing, growing, going, okay? Also, as part of that, our vision of a live church is readily working in partnership with other churches and ministries for the advancement of God's kingdom. Are we behind that, guys? South Africa won the rugby because they were all part of one vision moving forward. That's our ultimate vision, to see the kingdom of God advance. Everywhere we put our foot, everywhere we're in partnership with churches, Patels, Ethiopias, everywhere we put, we want our kingdom of God to advance. Not our kingdom of God, the kingdom of God to advance. And he uses us and partners with us. A church with a heart for the poor and the marginalized. I'll say that again. We are a, heart, we are a church with a heart for the poor and the marginalized who are determined to bring transformation into people's lives. Does that stuff get you excited? I'm going to do a merry jig up here, okay? So over the last year, through our partnerships internationally, nationally, and locally, we have seen great transformation. This Sunday, we will tell you the stories of the transformation and help individuals to see how we can become part of the unfolding story and how we can empower people to, we partner with to become the heroes in their own stories. We want to empower people taking responsibilities for their life. We want to engage with them. We don't want to just throw them money. We want to tell them how to do it. I love the Ethiopia model. We're not going in there just as saviors going, we give you money. We'll tell you how to do it. No, we're empowering them to buy cows, to make a difference, to set up businesses. That's what we're about as people of the kingdom of God. The call to action today, I want to be very clear. It is a generous and sacrificial offering that when partnered with what others have given and through the power of the Holy Spirit will multiply to feed and resource a multitude of people. We don't just give for people in this room. We give for people to make a difference out in the world and out in the local workplace. So if you've got your Bibles, it's going to come up on the screen. We're going to look at our verse and then Stacey's coming, dropping some gold into your life about how this can happen. So the passage is John 6, verses 1 to 14. It will come up here. We read this last week, but it's great. This is what we're basing Make a Difference on. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked, this is, uh, he asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Isn't it good that Jesus is in charge, everybody? Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves. Wasn't it great what Lara brought the barley loaves last week for those who were in there and a tin of sardines? And two small fish. But how far will they go, they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into this world. I love it. Thank you, God, for your word. Let's welcome Stacey as she comes up. Thank you. It's 
small loaves, small fish, big crowd. So Lara painted the picture for us last week, so I'd like us to take ourselves back there now. So we know from reading the Gospels that there's 5,000 men, and Matthew's Gospel tells us there's also women and children. So the crowd was huge, and like Lara said last week, if we imagine the big top at one event, and then we times that by about four times, that one can just help us to imagine the crowd that day, and they're all hungry. And unlike at one event, there's no mini-mar or curry jacks in sight. So how are we going to feed these people? The disciples, Jesus asks the disciples, but he knows what he's already going to do. Then a boy offers up his five small loaves and his two small fish. They weren't even big. There's no great big family-sized loaves. These are small barley loaves that we know as the food of the poor at that time. And the fish were small too, just like the size of sardines. And so in reflecting on that, we can think about how Jesus took the small offering and he blessed it and fed that huge crowd and there's 12 baskets left over. So we must never let ourselves fall into thinking that what we have to offer isn't enough. Rather, we need to think about who it is we're offering it to. Because the God that we're giving it to, that's the God that blessed us with it in the first place. And it's the same God who created the whole universe out of emptiness. So he is more than capable of taking what we might think of as our meagre offerings and transforming it into the ingredients to create something extravagant for his glory. So when we bring our bread to the bread of life, a miracle happens. That small boy, he could have been thinking that day, but how am I going to get fed if I give my pack up away? But he didn't. He trusted Jesus. And that's what we need to do too. Trust Jesus. And then Jesus met not only that boy's needs, but the whole crowd with 12 baskets left over. And I believe that we can be a bit like the disciples that day. As we look out at our community, we can see the crowds of people that don't know Jesus in our community. And we can think, what can we do about this? It's a bit overwhelming. And there's all these lost people, and we long for them to meet with Jesus. We long for them to receive life in all its fullness that starts now and lasts into eternity. And what can we do about that? Well, we've all got our loaves and our fish that we can offer up. And I believe that our community projects are loaves and fish. And because Jesus is perfectly capable of revealing himself to these people as they sit at home watching the telly or as they're eating their Weetabix in the morning. But he chooses to do it a different way. I mean, he can do it that way and sometimes maybe he does. But I think usually he chooses to involve us in his story. And our community projects are a part of that. So every week we have toddling, our parents and toddler group. And before the families arrive, the team meets together and we say a small prayer. Um, but we're asking God to bless the afternoon, to bless our conversations. And then when the families come, after the children have played for a bit and everyone's had a chat, we gather everyone together and we tell a Bible story and we sing some songs, have some snacks and drinks and say a prayer. And I believe that although we might not have seen anyone become a Christian directly through toddling yet, though we do hope and pray that that will happen, I believe that every week as we offer up these loaves and fish, the Holy Spirit is working in people's lives and seeds are being sown. And looking back at my own life, when my boys were small, I started going on to toddling at Lincoln. So big shout out to Penny and Philip who have faithfully been putting that on for years. <laughs> and at that time, I wasn't part of a, a church. I had been to church now and again, but not regularly. And I wouldn't say I was walking with God. And I can look back at how God used toddling at Lincoln as part of his rescue plan for my life to bring me back to church and to God. So I know firsthand that community projects can have a massive impact on people's lives. 
And some of these people that come to our toddling at Highcombe, um, they might not have been to church since they were children themselves, or maybe never. This might be the first time they're hearing those Bible stories. And God's using that. His Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives. So we are all really proud of the fact that we have the largest volunteer base with Safe Families for Children in this area. And collectively, all these volunteers are giving up their loaves and fish. They're making their contribution. And collectively, <laughs> they having a really big impact. So I'd like to invite Lindsay up. Let's give it up for Lindsay. She's going to give us an update on Safe Families. Hiya. So Stacey's right. We all feel like we don't have a lot to give. Safe Families is a fantastic organization to be part of when you feel like you don't have a lot to give because there's so many ways to be involved. I've been up here before and I've given you guys personal stories. Um, if we ask for prayer for the many... Um, things that Safe Families involved in. One answered prayer, Safe Families was granted. So like anything that is um, funded by the local authority, they have to go out for tender and present a business case why they are the best organization to provide these services. And because of the amazing work we do, they have um, secured a five-year contract in Lincolnshire, which is fantastic. Um, and currently working to get a three-year contract in Northeast Lincolnshire. So these are amazing things that are coming out of the volunteering we do. As Stacy said, we've got the most amount of volunteers, which is brilliant. 20 volunteers within this church are currently able to actively, directly support families. So many ways to be involved. We've only got a couple of minutes, so I'm not going to go over them all. But there is a training day coming up soon <laughs> next weekend. If anybody is at all interested, think that maybe it might be something you want to do, please come speak to me. Happy to give you information, pass along your details, and uh, get the process started. Thank you. Well done. Let's give it up again for Lindsay been a great job and a big thank you to everyone who volunteers with Safe Families as well and while we're on that topic I just want to give a bit of a plug I'm putting together an action team that's going to support the work of Safe Families and also CAP so if people need a helping hand with something practically such as gardening or cleaning DIY as a one-off help to get them back on their feet we'd like to be able to send a team in there to help them I know some people have started doing that already and there's loads of work coming in we desperately need more people for that team so let me know if you can join that team please so going back to our story, Jesus was more than capable of raising a banquet up from the grass that day all by himself. God had rained manna down from heaven in the past, and he was totally capable of doing it again. But he chose a different way. Jesus chose to include his disciples in that miracle. And in the same way, God chooses us to be involved with his work today. His design is to partner with his people, to include us all in his unfolding redemption story for the world. And I believe that Jesus had more in mind that day than just filling empty bellies. He wanted to reveal his identity as the bread of life and the provider for the people so that the people could come to know him. But there's more going on than just that. And that was a great thing in itself. But imagine the faith levels of that boy and those disciples that day as they're involved in that miracle. Their faith must have grown so much that day. And the same with us now, as we partner with God, our faith grows I'm sure that many of us here have in the past included a small child in a household task, and whether that be baking a cake or folding laundry. And as the adult, it's always so much easier just to get on and do it yourself, isn't it? But in including the child, they are learning so many new skills. And not only that, but also their relationships. The relationship is growing, the bond grows. And that's the same dynamic when God partners with us. He grows our faith, 
He grows our gifts and our skills, and he also grows our relationship with him. So when we give our time, our talents, and treasures to God, we become partners with him, collaborators in his story. And I love it when we get new volunteers uh, on board on the community teams because it's really great to watch people's gifts be unlocked and see people flourish and grow. And I absolutely love it that we have Maria, who became a Christian through a community project, through Icing Park, and she's now heading up a community project, the community choir. And she's absolutely brilliant in that role. She shines so brightly, and she is such a testimony to how when you meet with Jesus, that's not the end of the story. That's actually the start of the adventure. God loves to empower his people and include them in his work. And also, we have the wonderful Nita. Sorry to embarrass you guys. But Nita was coming along to Butterflies quite a while as a guest. And then she came on team. She could have stayed in that seat as a guest, drinking the tea, eating the cake. But instead, she chose to come along and join the team. And She's become such a strong pillar of that team. She's always the first to arrive to help us set up, and she's often the last to leave as well. And she's also become a really treasured part of our life hyphen family, which we really rejoice in that. It's so great. And not long before Nita joined the team, her husband sadly passed away. But I've seen how God's used that to help other people. So we often get ladies come along to butterflies who've lost their husbands. And most of the team haven't had that experience. So although we're really sympathetic, we can't get alongside them in the same way that Nita can. She can really provide understanding and a listening ear from someone who's walked in those shoes. So this is just one example of how God uses us to be the relational solution to the problems in the world. Because we know that we're all broken people. There's no us and them. We're all broken. We all need God to heal us. And then we all have something to contribute as he empowers us to give back. So whatever you do, you might not be able to volunteer with a community team or to be a volunteer with Safe Families, but we've all got loaves and fish that we can offer. We can all contribute financially to the running of the projects, and we can all offer up our loaves and our fish in our everyday lives as we shine our light for Jesus wherever he leads us, in the queue at Asda or at the school gates. Just don't keep your pack up stowed away in your lunchbox. Remember who gave it to you in the first place. And offer it up to him because he can use it as something extravagant for his glory. Small loaves, small fish. There's a big crowd, but we serve an even bigger God. Oh, isn't she good, everybody? That was fantastic. Thank you, Stacey, so much. Well, I love that. So we are going to be taking our offering later, but I'm delighted to have in the house Sam and Karen from Battelle Derby. Can we have a big round of applause for our guests up? Come and join us, you two. It's an absolute honour and privilege to be partnering with you guys. For those, some of you might not know what Battelle does, come and give us a bit of an update on, on what Battelle is. Okay. Um, I know most of you probably do know, so I'll keep it very, very short. Um, Battelle, we masquerade as a rehab. <laughs> at best, I say. We, you know, our, our target audience is the top 5% hardest to reach, broken, drug addicts, alcoholics, just dysfunctional people. There's no kind of category except for top 5% most dysfunctional. Um, and 
I just want to say just very quickly, thank you very much for the welcome we received today and, and the love that's been shown to us. It's, I know it's a very simple thing, but it goes such a long way. We felt so good coming into this place today. And Joe for giving us our packs, wherever Joe is over there. Thank you very much for the chocolate and everything. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, but yeah, so Patel, as I say, we, we masquerade as a rehab, but really we're a radical discipleship program. You know, uh, you told my story, not meaning to tell my story. I was a heroin addict for many years that was eating out of bins, desperately wanting to die 11 years ago. And today I stand here completely transformed with a brand new life, 11, 11 years later, in Christ, in charge of 50, 50 plus people, restored with my wonderful wife here. We have a great marriage. The only real problems these days are me. So, and the Lord's still working on that, if you agree with that. And, um, and yeah, so, so Batel, you know, the, the, the heart of Batel was one missionary in Spain in the, in, in the early 80s uh, said to a broken, lost drug addict, a hopeless drug addict, said, look, if you really want help, come to my flat tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m., something like that. And that guy, a guy called Raul Castro, actually turned up. <laughs> and the missionary was like, oh, no. <laughs> now I need to, um, probably exaggerating a bit, but it was like that. Now I need to help this guy. So he took the guy in, and he loved him, and he accepted him, and he sat up with him while he detoxed and mopped up his sick and cleaned all his sores because the guy had HIV, as did many of the, the early addicts from over there in, in Spain. And, the, 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 and he shared the gospel with him, more importantly, which is what Patel is. And, and, and he, shared, he shared the gospel with him. And that guy, Raul Castro, his heart cry from that was, wow, I need to go and give this to somebody else. And he went and got one other into that flat. And the one other got one other until there was all these dangerous, burly men living in this flat. And the locals said, no, nah, they've got to go. And then they had a house. And now we're in, is it how many nations come? 30, 30, 35 nations and 100 cities all over the world. And so many years later, rescuing somebody totally lost and broken like me. And that's what we continue to do today. And we continue to grow. And as we say to our people and, and other organizations, they say, well, how do you do what you do? You do it so well. And you're still growing in times where everything's shrinking. It's Jesus Christ. It's only the gospel. It's only the only thing we have. And you said, that sounds a bit derogatory. But the only thing we need and everything we need and everything we have in Jesus Christ is what we have. And that's, that, that's kind of what Battelle is. And, and that's why we love partnering with churches like this. Because that's what you guys have. And we can sense it in this place. And it's, 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 it is just amazing. Um, yeah, it's only that love and... You know, that's what changes people. It's not clever programs. It's not gardening work. It's not all this stuff. You know, we give them all that stuff. They get to do all that stuff, learn new skills and all that. But it's like the, the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. You know, when Jesus says to her, neither do I condemn you. Not go fix your life up and then come back and we'll, we'll help you. I'll accept you. He says, no, neither do I condemn you. I accept you. 
Now leave your life of sin. And that's what, you know, we're going to have a couple of testimonies. And that's, that's what changes people in Vitale. We go there and we've done all the programs and all the rehabs and all the counseling and counseled the counselors and all the different stuff. We traveled around the world and worked all the different jobs. But we come there and we receive love and we receive acceptance and we receive grace. And that's what changes our rebellious hearts and <laughs> makes us obey and follow and trust. Amen. So do you want to ask some questions? Or have I said too much? No, that, it infectious. Come on, everybody, give it up. Karen, so like, you really are stepping out in faith, aren't you? So you're in like 100 different cities, you were saying. What would you say it's been like living that way, stepping out in faith every day? How do you find it? Um, well, I, I'd say... It <laughs> I think we've got to be careful because we become a bit immune to what we do every day sometimes. But it's when we see, you know, the newest man or the newest woman walk in to a very strange and peculiar place. And they look at us as if to say, what am I doing here? Who are all these people? And this gives us the opportunity to, to reach out as we've been reached out to, because the model of Vitale is amazing in that respect, because the very people that come through the doors of Vitale um, in a very, very selfish state become the sacrificial ones because of what God's, what they, you know, when they come to meet Jesus and identify what Jesus has done for us, for, for us sinners, and then we just fall into action. You know, it, it is it is a bit of, not autopilot, but it, it's just a natural thing that we do and, and we do have to be careful so it is very lovely as Sam said to come you know we don't get out very often <laughs> um, uh, and to come to another church and just feel the love that God's you know put in your lives that you're imparting in our lives so it, it's just a wonderful honor it really is we love partnering in the gospel with you guys, you know, and we might not be at the experience to work with heroin and drug and alcohol addicts, but we love you guys can do it and God's redeemed you and transformed you through it. So it's great partnership. We want to do more and more what we can support you. And we've got two wonderful other guests who are going to come and share their testimony. Come and join us up here. Can we have a round of applause? So what's your name and where are you from? I'm Mark. I'm from Barnsley. Come on, let's give it up for Mark from Barnsley. And what's your name? Where are you from? Sarah from Wales. Sarah from Wales. So guys, why don't you share your testimony, anything you want to share to inspire us about what God's done in your life? Um, I grew up in Barnsley, like you said. Um, I was a normal kind of childhood growing up. Uh, when I got to teenage years, started to mess around with drugs and things. I think about 17, 18, started going down the route of heroin. Um, me, friends, all started just leaving people behind, getting further and further into drugs. Um, I started stealing, started not really caring um, about anybody, really, but myself became more and more selfish. I, I then started getting involved with crack, um, which took me to a whole different level. Um, I, I became even more selfish. I, um, on the birth of my second son, on night in the hospital, I was in the toilets using drugs while um, his mother was in labour. Now, that was all about me. That is the levels of which drug addiction can take you to. Now, I've, I've got further and further. I mean, I was going to 
carry on with the kids. The kids, um, we, when I came to Mattel, were 11, 12, I think. Um, ultimately, ended up in care. Um, um, I was nowhere to be seen, nowhere in the picture. Um, basically, I was, at the point, I was a mess. Um, I came to, came to Mattel through a friend of my mum's who was basically in a church, Hope Church in, in Barnsley and she told me about Patel, told me about it and I went, you must be joking. Christian rehab? No chance. Yeah. That was five years ago. Yeah. Um, I came here. I, I did, Sam said, I, Karen said, I looked at the people and I thought, these people are crazy. Yeah, and I basically I looked at them and I thought there's something different here there's something about the people in this place I've not seen before and I stopped and I gave them a chance and, and slowly but surely these few new people um, invited me to Jesus I invited and I let him into my life and he has transformed my life like I cannot I mean there is There is not enough time to describe the blessings that he has poured out on my life, the transformation he has done, the restoration with family. Um, as far as my kids go now, my kids have been in care in, I think, eight different care homes in the last five years. They are now 17 and 18 years old. They just move into the point where the last year in care, they call it semi-independence, where they move out of care into to a one-staffed one place. And social services have deemed the best place for them to be is somewhere close to me, which is, which is Jesus. That is not me. That is the power of Jesus in my life. So, amen. Okay, hi, guys. Um, I'm Sarah. Um, just a brief testimony. Um, Growing up, I had a lot of a lot of issues, um, not knowing who my parents were and things like that, and going through the care system. Um, there was a lot of uh, physical abuse when I was growing up, and I left home at 14, um, sadly, to live a life on crack and prostitution. Um, and I've I did that um, for for a lot of years. Um, that because. That was all I knew. I didn't know love. I didn't know what it was like to care about anybody. Um, and through all of that, my addiction got really bad. And like Sam said, you know, I was eating out of bins. I was, I'd got myself to the lowest level. And I ended up getting pregnant with my first daughter, um, Lauren. And I tried to look after her. I, I really did. And because I didn't know what it was like to love anybody because I hadn't been shown that, I couldn't show her, sadly, so I had to give her up for adoption uh, when she was one. Um, and then through that, I had a bit of a breakdown, so I, I just went straight back to, to what I knew. I went straight back to the prostitution. I went straight back to the drugs and that whole self-destruction mode, um, and I carried on. Um, it was just, it was awful. I got myself into some really 
really messy situations. I got stabbed um, three times with my daughter, now her dad, um, who was involved in some gang um, stuff. I got myself involved in that, and I couldn't, I couldn't find a way of escaping, but I was kind of okay with that because I knew where I was at. I knew what it was like to um, be used as a punch bag. I knew what it was like to be um, just abused and nobody care. Um, and I remember um, just before I came to Battelle, I'd, um, I'd had another daughter, Sophie, and I'd, I'd lost her, and then I got her back, and then I lost her again. Um, and now she's with my friend in Wales, and we've got an amazing relationship, you know, and that's, that's the grace of God. And that is the only thing that has brought us both together. Um, but before I came into Battelle, I, I remember I was sitting in this um, safe house that was run by the police, um, because ugh, so much stuff had gone on. Um, and I rang Karen, and I still, I was so hard-hearted. My heart was like a rock. It, I just wouldn't let anybody, and I didn't want anyone to come in. Um, but I spoke to Karen, and she showed me so much love. And she said to me, you know, you can come in, you can come in the day after, and... I don't know if Karen remembers, but I just, I burst into tears because I had never, ever been shown that level of kindness. And just that, yes, you can come in, that was everything to me, everything. And when I got here, don't get me wrong, like Mark and most people, I was like, hang on a minute, yeah. And I sat there for like two weeks, so quiet. I mean, I'm not quiet now, but I sat there for ages trying to weigh everybody up. But the love of God that's in that place is beyond. It's beyond everything that I could ever ask or imagine, you know, and that's what it says. And it says in the Bible, you know, he'll give you a hope and a future, and that's what I've got. And now, you know, I'm, I'm in a position, I'm in such an, a blessed position, and it's an honor where I can give that back now to women coming into the house. I can give that love. I can show them what it is, the love of Christ. I can show them what God can do in people's lives. And, you know, it's thanks to Battelle, it's thanks to Sam and Karen and the people that are around us. It's like, you know, a flame, it's catching and it will jump onto something else. And that's what we're to do, you know. It's, it's about passing it on and, and people showing that grace and that love and that the awesome power of God, how we can change your life from that to how I can even stand here now today that's that's God and that is only God and all the glory goes to him so yeah <laughs> this is so good come on let's give it up for these guys I love it and guys we get to partner with these guys I want you to grab Sam and Karen afterwards grab a grab a conversation with them uh, find out a bit more about Patel okay so here goes this is the nitty-gritty to run our local projects to give generously into Patel and into Ethiopia, our partnership with Tear Fund. We've got a target that we want to meet today. If we could put that target up on the screen, that would be absolutely awesome, guys. We want to we raise today in this house £25,000. That's our target for Highcombe. That's everyone giving in generously. This is not our tithe. This is giving generously above and beyond. Don't we want to bless these guys? We want to see more and more lives transform. So when you look at it, if we can go to the next slide, it's about everybody contributing, everybody saying, I can bring something, all about bringing the loaves. So at this rate, we've got over, we've got about 200 adults 
uh, in 250 adults in our house who would call this place church. Break it down. It's 50 givers pledging £500 a year. That breaks down at £41.67. That might be you today. Second slide. I believe we can do this. 100 givers pledging 250. That's £20.83. Or thirdly, which is what is in this room today, 150 givers pledging £166 a year, £13.89 per month. That's like a Starbucks a month, isn't it, if you go out with your family? I know how much they cost. I don't drink coffee these days because of that reason. I want us to be generous. I want us to say, I'm in for this. I want us to give sacrificially. I want us to invest in something that is bigger than just ourselves. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. I want us to all get in together and go, come on, we want to give. We want to see lives transformed. So we've got a little bit of a a video that we're going to play you to show you how to give into this. On your chairs, each one of you, you will see that there are two two, uh, flyers. There is a yellow one and a green one, okay? We're going to play this video that's going to help you to do that. And hopefully you prayed up. We're going to be giving today in the offering. So if we could play that DVD, and then I'm going to come up and lead the offering through. So thank you, Matt. Alive, we want to give you some information about how easy it is to set up a pledge for this coming year. Here at Alive, we believe that the pledge is a great way for you to give above and beyond what you might be able to give right now. For example, if you're able to give £20 per month for the next 12 months, across the course of the year, you'll actually be able to give £240. On your chair today, you'll notice that you've got an orange and a blue pledge form. The orange pledge form is in order for you to set up, continue, or amend a standing order. First and foremost, please tick the gift aid declaration if you're a UK taxpayer. Then tick one of the boxes to indicate whether you are continuing, amending, or creating a new standing order. Then fill in the remainder of the details on part A. Following that, fill in part B. Part B will be used for you to take to your bank to set up a standing order or for you to have the necessary information to complete a standing order using your online banking. When you've filled in both parts A and B, turn the form back over, fill in and complete the two boxes on the front page of the form, then tear the form in half, put part A into the offering and take part B with you in order to set up your standing order today or sometime later this week. If you'd like to give by cash, cheque or a one-off gift, please use the blue form. On the back of the form, if you are a UK taxpayer, then please tick the gift aid declaration. Then please use the tick boxes to indicate how you would like to give today, either bank transfer, cheque, cash or card gift. For all donations, please complete the remainder of the details on the form, including your name, address and your alive location details. If you'd like to give a one-off bank gift, then please use the bank details on the back of the form. And finally, please can you write on the front of the form the total amount you are pledging to give this year. To help you today with your pledge, the host will have additional forms and pens for you to fill out the forms with. Also, if you get a bit stuck, will help you fill the forms in and help you with your pledge. Thank you so much for your generosity. 
we're in for a great year. Let's look at this as an investment. Everybody giving, bringing our loaves and our bread. Some of you might be in an opportunity where you can't volunteer, as Stacey said, but you can give into this. I believe that everybody giving is the key for it. So what we're going to do is we're going to give six minutes. We're going to put some worship music on in the background. And I would love you to take a moment to fill out these. Once everybody has filled out one of these, if you want to give, obviously, uh, we're going to bring a bucket down the front and then all of us are going to bring out our gifts as we do that. I think there's something symbolic about us all actually saying, in faith, I want to give into this. If you want to give card payment, Jimmy and Lucy, our connect, uh, our connect hosts, have got a card machine out there that you can do that. So Matt, we're going to give uh, eight minutes towards this, We're gonna, uh, six minutes, sorry. We're going to play a couple of worship tracks, and I would love us all. Sue's got pens at the back. If you need a pen, Sue, would you mind coming to the front? Or if you can't find one of these under your um, chair, please give us a moment. So we're going to put some worship music on, and then we're all going to come out and give into the offering once we've concluded this.